Are demons real? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, Managing Editor of the Gospel Project, and with me uh, remotely is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. So Aaron, we are continuing to record episodes uh, from closets or uh, extra rooms. What are you recording in? Um, I'm actually just recording out in the open in uh, in my bedroom from a brand new desk. So have it's... you sent your family on a journey or something? No, they're out in the living room and um, and the dining room, which is just behind a very thin door um, and very thin walls. But I have a I have a lovely mic that doesn't pick up anything except for me talking directly into nice. it. Nice. Nice. So, so, of course, we are still sequestered in, in homes because of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, trying to do our part in keeping people safe and healthy. So for several episodes, probably, Aaron, we're going to be doing it this way, which is which is great. I mean, uh, we can still get it done and mm-hmm. uh, it, I get to understand my closet a little bit more and plan how to organize it better. That's right. That's right. And those are important things. I mean, I'm glad you're those taking are. the opportunity to uh, use the time that God has given you effectively. I, I think I'm going to color code my hanging shirts. Even better. Well, you know, I did so, the same thing and I just made sure that well, they yeah, were all the same color. Because you only wear black. That's so just, right. And, you know, do, do you do it by shades? Like, hey, this this black's a little bit worn, so it's it's starting to gray a little yeah, bit. Do you just kind of do, do it? I do. Okay. I swap it out. Um, you know, every, every couple of years I start a rotation um, nice. on a shirt. Um, but listeners, um, I've said this on one of my other podcasts. Um, because yes, I have podcasts, <laughs> um, but this is my commitment to you in this time. You can always count on me to wear, wear a trusty black shirt. So life may be uncertain, but I'm there for you. We, we can find comfort in that. All right. So today <laughs> we are talking about demons. Uh, on our last episode, we talked about angels. I would encourage you if, if you're listening and have not heard that one, go back and listen to that one, either, you know, pause this and come back to it or after this one, because these two episodes really go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, demons being fallen angels. So it, again, it's helpful to understand about angels, angels as well. Yeah. So Aaron, as always, uh, let's just lead it off. If you can read the essential doctrine and then we'll dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, demons are angelic beings who sinned against God somehow and now continually work evil in the world today. Demons oppose God and seek to destroy his work as seen in the Bible's description of Satan, the head of demons who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Though demons have power, they are limited by God's control and can only act within the constraints of what God permits. And so in the end, all of the demons will be cast into the lake of fire for which it was originally created. All right. So boil that down to a, a simpler sentence. Sure. So demons are fallen angels, and that includes Satan, um, who all rebelled against God and will be judged accordingly. Yeah. So I, again, that's why I, I said that if our listeners have not listened to the angels episode, that's why it matters. Again, these these are fallen angels. Yeah. 
So where do we see this doctrine in Scripture? And I would guess there are just a few places. There are many, 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 many places. I mean, where we see, we certainly see, um, well, we see Satan um, called out specifically um, in a number of places. We see a place that he's later alluded to. um, um, So you, you read back in, um, yeah. more so, which is Genesis, which is, uh, Genesis three, um, in yeah. the garden and the, and in, um, in the fall of humanity. Um, however, um, you see allusions to him in, in the prophets as well. Um, you see him called out explicitly in Job <laughs> and, um, but it's where in the new Testament where, um, you know, where demonic activity really seems to take a step up. <laughs> and so, um, you know, just a, just a few examples. You see multiple um, examples of, uh, of demonic possession um, or um, people being, being uh, troubled and tormented by unclean spirits in, uh, throughout the Gospels. Um, yeah. Think about um, Legion. Think about um, Matthew 8. Think about um, the, the demonized boy who um, is casting himself into fire and harming himself and all these kinds of things. Those are just some of the examples that we have. We see other examples in Acts, um, one of which is my favorite, um, which is uh, the account of the, the, I'm going to probably butcher their name, uh, but the sons of Sceva who, um, you know, they see Paul, um, Paul and the authority that he that he seems to have that he that they think he has over demons um because he's calling he's he's um working under the authority of jesus and so they're like well let's try that too (laughs) and so they're like we you know hey demon get out of that guy um you know in the name of this jesus who who paul believes in uh who paul's preaching and uh they're like this, these demons just turn to him and respond, and they're like, okay, so I know who Jesus is, and I've heard of this Paul guy, but who are you? And then proceeds to beat, literally beat the pants off of these guys. <laughs> um, and it's just this brilliantly comic moment in acts that uh that just reminds you that luke wasn't just a good historian he was a good writer yeah (laughs) and um and so it's 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 just kind of wild that that's there um you know we see in james chapter 2 verse 19 that uh you believe that god is he says you believe that god is one good um even the demons believe and they shudder um, mm. We see in First Timothy four one that uh, that it says now the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Um, we also see um, see elsewhere in the epistles. Um, you know, we we um, see this phrase um, the 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 power of the prince of the air, uh, that kind yeah. of thing. And that's an explicit call out to Satan. Um, you have, um, in revelation 20 verses one through 10, you have, um, 
you have the depiction of of Satan's dem- Satan and all the demons' demise in the lake of fire, as well. Um, and um, and and so it's it's all over scripture. Yeah, it's it's one of those I think where many people would think, all right, yeah, there are a few mentions of demons and, and Satan in scripture, but when you really start to look, they there are a lot of of references and they're not just kind of offhanded references these are some significant passages and and concepts we're dealing with so uh, let's move on from there because we're going to come back to at least what i'm going to mention here coming up is is the references of satan and job um any cautions to understanding this doctrine and, and i'll start the first one and we see this in the essential doctrine that you read aaron that we are to respect Satan and demons respect their power, mm-hmm. uh, but we are not to give them too much credit. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, is that I've seen quite often some people have this wrong doctrine. This, this is this is incorrect of Satan being God's opposite and equal. Yeah. You know, they think, all right, whatever God is, Satan is the same, just the opposite. God is good. Satan is bad. Yeah. But they're just as powerful. And so, no, that is not the case. Yeah. Satan and the demons are creatures. They are finite beings. Which means Satan is localized. He he is not omnipresent like God the Father is. So he is not everywhere wreaking havoc. He is in one place at one time, as are the demons. Now, there may be many demons. We don't know how many angels were created. Uh, we know that a portion of them fell. Um, so there are probably many demons, but we don't know how many. But it yeah. is a finite number with finite power. Are they powerful? Again, yes. We, we're not mm-hmm. to take them lightly. Yeah. Um, but Job is really helpful in this because in Job 1.6 and Job 2.1, it's Satan coming before God. And God basically says, what are you up to? And, and he says, I'm trying to cause trouble. Um, and God says, well, have you considered Job? And Satan says, well, you know, he, he only follows you. He only cares about you because you've taken care of him. You give him things. And, and then God says, well, you, you can take his stuff away, but you can't touch him. That's in 1.6. And then later when that fails, uh, God in 2.1 says, well, okay, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. Now, what's important about that is both times we see that God restricts what Satan can do and Satan does not push back at all. Satan does not say, who are you? I'm your opposite and equal. Satan understands he is under the, the, the authority of God, the sovereignty of God. And so Satan does what God allows him to do. That is so helpful. So we respect Satan and demons. Uh, the Bible speaks of us as believers fleeing uh, and protecting ourselves against them, not really us going to attack them. And I think it's because we need to respect them. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't give them too much credit. Right. And that also means that, um, and in that, that respect, that respect being being wary, cautious, yes. avoiding, but it ultimately means that we don't fear them in the same way that we, um, like in an... Um, we don't need to be afraid of them in the in the way that that we would often think of, of being afraid. They have limits, and that is a that's a really good thing. Yep. So, what other ways uh, do we see needing caution with this doctrine? Well, I mean, one of the things that we do need to be careful of is is that we that we. Um, we not speak too confidently where the Bible has not been, where the Bible has not clearly spoken, and so the Bible itself has not um, clearly stated the origin of Satan and demons, mm-hmm. nor has it actually clearly stated um, when 
angels were created. So yeah. we know that um, we know that they were created and were good at first because all the things that God created were good. We know that at some point they rebelled and are now under condemnation. Um, we know that they that redemption is unavailable to them. Um, yeah. But we don't know exactly when or how they rebelled. Um, but we do have some passages that might hint at this and um, that may give us some clues. So, I mean, you think Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 and Revelation 12, those may give us, um, those may give us some hints, but we should hold those, um, we should hold our, our understanding of those and hold our opinions on those very, very lightly and very loosely. Yeah, and those those passages, if you read them all together, especially, it seems like they may. Again, you have to you have to be careful there and and qualify it. They may be describing um, Satan's demise when you know being Lucifer, the created angel, and then being boasted uh, up in in pride and and rebelling against God and and falling. Uh, Revelation twelve, I think it is, indicates maybe a third of the angels fell with him. Um, but again, you have to be careful. I would not build a, a solid theology on those passages and teach it that way and say, this is what we know to be true. No, you look at those and say, this may be true, um, but we have to hold them very tenderly and recognize we it may not be anything about Satan and his fall and demons fall in those passages. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, they I definitely, think another, sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. They uh, they definitely do speak to a real time situation, um, but they may also speak to something greater. Yes. and I think that's yeah. something that is important. And, and that's the challenge with with all the prophetic literature. It, it has a lot of times it has those dual meanings on it. Yeah, and it's so yeah. it's, you, we just got to tread carefully. Yeah, I, I think another area of of caution with this doctrine is the common question that arises about demon possession. Uh, we see demon possession, especially in the Gospels, and, and the question, it's a, it's a two-part question, mm-hmm. can demon possession occur today, or does it occur today? And then if so, can believers be possessed? Well, I think the first question seems to be a clear yes of mm-hmm. can demon possession occur today. I, I don't understand why it would not be possible. Um, does it? I don't know. It may, it may not. We have to remember we tend to try to answer questions like this through our limited experience. Mm-hmm. The world is pretty big um, and there can be things going, there are things going on all around the world that we do not see. So um, while I don't believe I've ever personally seen demon possession, um, I'm not willing to say it doesn't happen because I've never seen it. The second question, I think we can answer also uh, a little bit more confidently. You still have to have a little bit open door. Can demons or can demons possess believers? That question seems to be answered no the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there would be some who may push back right now and say no. Here's yes, and here's why. And I got to keep that door open for them. But. I think a lot of times what you'll hear uh, theologians speak on this, they will say, well, you know, a demon cannot possess what God already indwells, the the believer. And so because of that, um, it would not be possible for a demon to possess a believer. Now, if that's correct, 
and a lot of people may be breathing a sigh of relief right now. And I would certainly, the, uh, I would certainly be one who believes that is correct. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I do too. Yeah, um, that does not mean that demons cannot influence a believer. Correct. And there's a big difference there. You're not talking about indwelling or, or possessing. And that is where the, the demon actually physically takes over. You know, again, you see this in the scriptures, in the gospel narratives. But this is where a demon can influence a believer. And that we would have to give a resounding yes, that may occur and probably does occur at least to some degree um, in our lives. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we are, we're all susceptible to influence from, from outside powers and outside influences, mm-hmm. um, which is redundant to say influences and influences, but um, that's where we are today. It's, you know, that's quarantine talking, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, I would definitely, I would definitely affirm that we need to be really careful here. Um, one of the things that we need to be careful in light of this is, is that, um, particularly if all we've ever seen of, um, demonic activity comes from pop culture, um, is you need to understand there isn't some kind of incantation in the Bible that gets rid of demons. Um, there's nothing like that. Um, the, um, you know, this is, and, and this is a very common thing. You'll typically see, uh, someone, um, you'll see a, uh, a priest holding up a cross yeah. and, um, you know, and, you know, either speaking in gibberish or in Latin. Um, and, um, which kind of is the same thing to me. Well, if you don't know Latin, sure. I don't, (laughs) um, but what, um, but you know, and of course holding up, holding up a Bible as, as though they're reading, they're reading from it. Um, but there is nothing in there that is going to, is like, this is the spell to get rid of of demons because the demon, the Bible is not a book of witchcraft. So, um, so we need to be aware of that. Instead, what, um, what, what we would certainly encourage is, is if you, if his prayer is the answer to all of those things, right? Is pray to and not and not generic prayer, but praying to God. If you're concerned about um, the existence of such things or or p- the potential influence of something like yeah. that in the life of someone that you know. Um, someone that you love, someone you're familiar with, maybe even someone in your home, you pray to God and you ask him to, you ask him to intervene. Yeah. Let's move from that to what differences doctrine should make, because I want to piggyback on what you just said with, with one uh, of the takeaways that I was wanting to share. It just deals directly with what you just said. And it's that we, we have to understand and, and realize that we probably will never encounter Satan himself mm-hmm. again because he, he's localized um, and even demons are finite. So I just want to bring balance. If there's somebody listening right now who started listening to this episode in a good mood and now they're kind of a little bit um, weary because they are now worried about demons on the loose all around them. Again, we, we need to take them seriously, but we, we, we are not to live in fear. Um, greater is he who is in us than that which is in the world. So we we have to understand that, first of all, the the chances that you will encounter Satan himself are really small. I've always thought about it this way. Who Mm -hmm. am I that he would spend his time on me? 
I think I think he's got better things to do than than deal with me. But even demons, even if there are many of them, um, what we have to understand is while we may or may not be directly impacted by a demon's direct activity, to use direct a few times, we at least will be impacted by their indirect activity, the systems in the world that are in place because of their guidance, you know, the fallen and broken sinful systems and so forth. Mm -hmm. We're part of those. And so that's where, as we think about, as, as we pray about, uh, this concept of Satan and demons being around, being active, we find comfort in that, that God is more powerful, that they are limited in, in what they can do, um, and that that God is good, and, and, and we don't have to fear what's going on. We have to, again, we have to be aware of it, we have mm-hmm. to take it seriously, but we don't fear it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how about you... Wh- what, what kind of doctrine or what kind of difference does this doctrine make for you? Um, well, I guess um, one of the one of the things that's that's really, really helpful um, for me is is really reminding reminding us that um, you know just as as the, this doctrine clarifies our adversary so we know who our foes are, um, we also know, um, who it is who fights the battle for us, um, mm-hmm. and so most of the instructions in Scripture are not to defend ourselves, are, are to either defend ourselves or flee, but not to fight. Um, so yeah. dealing with Satan and the demons is not the time to um, show our spiritual bravado and um, make ourselves <laughs> um, all, you know, basically um, Rambo huh. for Jesus um, kind of thing. Exactly, I got <laughs> and, this. And, Get behind yeah. me! I'll, I'll 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 come in between Satan and you. Right, you you are not Peter pre pre crucifixion here. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, so don't follow him in his footsteps in that way. So, That's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I was gonna say I, I just think one other um, takeaway, again, kind of in in connecting with these others is. I've heard so often, and you've heard this too, Aaron, I think we all have, people blame Satan and demons for their sin. Yes. The old adage, the devil made me do it. Well, we may have literally uttered that. We often see that happening quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, yes, Satan and demons are active. They want Christians to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Satan is the the liar, the father of lies. He's the accuser. Um, yes, he and the demons at times at least are active in trying to guide Christians into sin. We, we mm-hmm. do not dismiss any of that. But again, understanding that they are limited in what they are able to do because of being localized and also their power, um, we can't just turn to them and say, well, they are the reason why we sin all the time. Yeah, I don't know about you, Aaron. I don't need help sinning. I'm pretty good at it on my own. Um, I, um, I think I might have a PhD in it. I know I, you know, um, my heart is, is inclined to want to sin, um, to love sin to a degree that, that the gospel is, is putting to death in me, that, that i as God works in my heart and my mind to, to get to the point where I despise sin instead of loving it. That's a work of God, the Holy spirit in me that he's continuing. I don't need help to sin. We are good sinners on our own. Satan and the demons may help that and feel that up at times, mm-hmm. but we have to take ownership of our sin and and not blame others. You know, if we do that, we're just not 
we're, we're not taking accountability for our sinfulness, which really impedes the gospel message being clarified in our minds and hearts. So that's not an unimportant takeaway uh, that I would suggest for, for us to remember. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's helpful to remember that, um, you know, because of sin, we are, we are naturally inclined to do the opposite of what God wants. And, um, we, we, and like all people in all ways, we do the thing that we want to do the most. And so for people who are inclined towards sin, the thing that we want to do most is sin. Um, even if we don't recognize it as sin. Um, and so honestly, I think for the majority of people, the most, uh, the majority of us are, you know, would only ever experience maybe a little nudge. And that might come from this surrounding culture that maybe is where the influence is coming um, from, from the, the demonic side, as opposed to um, an individual demon working directly on one of us. Yeah. So, well, and, and, you know, to put a little meat on that bone, just, just to be help with clarity, you know, think about consumerism in our culture today. Think about, what people will do to acquire stuff and how we can idolize stuff. Well, I, I believe that's because we have this this system, this mm-hmm. worldly system of consumerism that the demons have likely contributed to forming. Um, you know, it is to their joy that consumerism exists to take people's affinity away from God and put it on new phones as they're released, for example. So we're all influenced by that. So like it or not, we are at least indirectly influenced by some kind of demonic forces at work in, in our world. That's kind of what we're talking about. Just just to kind of, again, add a layer of clarity because we've been a little bit abstract, um, just in case somebody wasn't following. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's wrap it up there. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron, it's a good discussion. Thank you for talking about demons with me. It's always a good time when we do that. Um, so all, everybody listening, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you do use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 